Hey, good morning, good morning. All right, well, I survived. So, I survived. Today is Super Bowl Sunday. Any football fans in the house? No? Okay, so seriously, raise your hand if you are looking forward to watching the game today. I know the Raiders aren't in it, so, I mean, Dan's out. So, so. I, I missed it. I was focused on Dan. Raise your hand again if you're into it. Are we Bengals or are we uh, Rams? I'm just curious. I mean, I could care less, but I was just curious. Actually, I, I'm looking forward to I, I haven't watched a football game for a while, so I'm actually looking forward to streaming it today and trying to see if I can watch it. It'd be fun. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys are the mourners. You guys are mourning the losses. So, anyways. Um, but, hey, for me... Every Sunday is super because when we get together as the church, it is super because God is great. And when he shows up in our midst, there's nothing like him in his presence. And so, and there's something special about when we gather in his name. It's, you know, it's different. Like when I'm working in my yard by myself, I I still have time with Jesus. Um, But it's different when I'm with you and we together are focused on him and in in fellowship and through worship or whether it's just the greeting time and hangout time, it's special. And that's because he promises that when, hey, when my people gather in my name, I will show up. So that's so, so big. Well, today you are privileged to be part of Vision Sunday. It's the one time a year that Foursquare asks us as a church to kind of share a little bit what's going on financially, but also to talk about the year that's passed and the year that's coming. So that's what we're doing today. We're going to introduce our staff so that you guys are going to get to introduce, get to meet our staff here at the church. And also um, some of them are actually, not all of them, but some of them are going to share for a few minutes, I hear. We're timing them. Um, I, think they're, I think they all have like this inner contest going on. Who can do it the fastest? And get off the stage the soonest. So um, anyways, it's going to be awesome. So 2022, as I've been praying for our church, I really feel that God is, the word that God has given me is the word connection. You know, the last two years we have been, as a world, even, and then if we, if we shrink that down into our community, um, we have been disconnected. I mean, some of us, we, we try to gather when we can, but for the majority of us, we are disconnected. And I just believe that God is calling us back together to be connected with him first. We'll get into what it means to be connected together, but if unless we're connected to him, I'll just say it, this doesn't matter. Unless I am personally walking with him and his blood is flowing through me, his breath is flowing through me, and I have nothing to offer this side of heaven. And so connection, and where do we find that? In Matthew chapter 22. So open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 22. It's a very familiar passage. In fact, you probably don't even have to open your Bibles there. But if you want to, I encourage you. Andrea is working out with Bibles in the back. She's raised them above her head. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. I would love for you to turn there to page 849. 
in your church Bible. You're just going to have to bring your flashlight next time, Jody. We've been working on lighting in the room. It's a little dark. We'll work on that. We'll, give, we'll hand out headlamps next week. Okay. Little minor headlamps. This is a pretty familiar passage. This is when Jesus, they're trying to trick Jesus. How often do we read the passages where the Sadducees and the Pharisees would come through and they would try to question Jesus and try to stump him, try to get him to mess up. And so this is where we pick up in verse 34, Matthew chapter 22. Hearing that Jesus silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with the question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, we know that the law of God is the first five books, right, of the Old Testament. There's a lot of law there. And so they're asking Jesus, hey, out of all of those books, chapters, whatever, which, which one is the greatest? In verse 37, Jesus responds and blows them literally out of the water. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. All of the law, this whole book, hangs on two commandments. And that's to love God and to love people. It really doesn't sound that hard. But throw humanity into it. Throw our selfishness into it. Throw our will into it. And that's when it gets twisted and messed up. And Jesus just simply said, if you want to walk with God, if you want to be connected with him, then we must love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We have to. And then to take a little bit of further, Jesus says, and you are to love your neighbor, your brother, your sister, like you love yourself. Connection. If we're really going to move in 2022, we need to be connected with him. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. He is the vine, we are the branches, and so our living life comes from him. John chapter 15, our life comes from him, and so we need to be connected to him. So this is the Sunday where we get to talk about money. Yay. Let's hear it for money. Wow. If you're watching from home, there's a lot of booze in the house on that one, so... That was the people that did not have money. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, this is the uncomfortable part of church when we talk about money. And um, I'll just say, it is, it's still weird for me. I've been in ministry for 22 years full time. And I left, a, I left a cabinet job that I worked there 17 years full time. Some of you guys are doing the math. Just stop doing the math. Okay. I'm old. Okay? <clears throat> so... It's still strange to me to look back at that box in the back and realize that everything that happens in this church, from salaries to lights to gravel in the parking lot to um, 
developing this new park to roofs to children's ministry, buying candy. I heard there's going to be candy in the house today. No? Oh, you should go get some. It's in my office. I just bought a brand new bag. I want candy. So from everything, all of that comes from what gets put inside that box. It's, It's crazy to think about. It's crazy to think about our church has a six-figure budget, but we do. And I just want to say thank you because it's because you're generous. It's the tithes and offerings that we come before the Lord and we give to him. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus, I'll just say that you are told to give your tithes and offerings. If you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, don't worry about that box. What I want you to think about is I want you to think about this empty place right here. If you're not a follower of Jesus, this is what you need to focus on is your, the box of your heart. And you need to invite Jesus there. Our God is a generous God. And so for all those of us that say yes to him, he, we were going to be like him. The Bible says that he's making us like him. Moment by moment, he's making us like him. That means we're going to be generous. And so giving our tithes and offerings is just what, like Eric said, hey, God gives us all, and he just asks us out of obedience to give a portion back. I don't understand it, honestly, but I'm going to be obedient to what he asked me to do and just walk in the blessing of it. For those of you that tithe, I've never, I've never ever talked to somebody that tithes on a regular basis with the heart to say, I am going to walk with Jesus, and this is just part of it, that's ever needed. I'm not going to say wanted. Okay? There's a lot of wants, and there's a huge difference between want and need. But who's ever needed? Because God will honor and bless his word. He does. And he tells us as his children to be generous and to give. And so the things that we do here at this church, the salaries that we pay, the people that you will meet um, this morning, um, that's because you support them. You care for them. But the other things that, we talk, that we're going to be talking about this morning a little bit is today is the final day that we're asking the final day as I look at Carrie. Um, hey, we don't just focus on what's going on here. But we look at what God's doing throughout our world, locally, yes, but also globally. And so we sponsor missionaries here at this church. And so above our tithes, above what we give on a regular basis, some of us have made a commitment to sponsor and give towards missions. And you can do that directly by looking at these different missionaries and say, oh, I want to support what's going on in Germany with Anna. I want to support... Bible translation. Some of you guys are like geeked out about Bible translation. That's huge. And so if people don't have the word of God in their language, how are they going to know, right? And so Gil and Gloria Gravel out of the seed company, they focus on translating the Bible in languages. And I think they say there's several hundred left languages that they're working on right now. And then they'll be done. And many people believe that once every language on planet Earth has a translation, that sets the stage for Jesus to come back. Because he says, I'm not coming back until everybody has the opportunity to hear. That's an interesting take, but it's interesting to me. There's a lot of hurting people out there. Don't we know that? So Healing Hearts comes alongside people that, that have gone through the abortion issue, men and women, and will help walk with them through the brokenness of that. 
that we have so powerful um, that uh, helps. And Jason was here last week. Jason did a great job. Didn't he do a great job? Jason got the uh, text Friday night when um, I wasn't feeling very good. And then uh, I went and got tested on Saturday and realized, yeah, I have that C thing. Um, I'm okay. I'm quarantined. I'm over. I'm done. I'm good. Okay. And then, so Jason and Cinnamon have So Powerful where they're supporting, um, I mean, seamstresses here in the United States by allowing them to make these purses and then they ship them over to Lusaka, Zambia and Nome Compound. It's an incredible ministry. If you didn't get an opportunity to watch uh, last week or be part of last week, then go online and watch. It's fantastic. And then Yasir and Monique Candle. Um, Yasir is a very unique man. He's Jewish, Mexican. So his dad is, uh, was Jewish and his mom is Mexican. He grew up in New York City. He was a cocaine dealer when he was 16 years old. Um, cartel came after him, and he ran to the jungle, literally ran to the jungle. Um, and not long after that, he got saved. And God has radically changed his life. And they minister now to uh, the Native Americans in our country, from Alaska all the way to the islands, all the way across the country. They are the four square representatives, um, missionaries to Native Americans, and it's awesome. Just wherever they go, God's just moving. There's revival happening on the reservations right now. Uh, it's incredible. So we support them and we give to them. It's an opportunity for us to be able to do that. And so if, you, uh, if you're interested in supporting our local missionaries and our nationally known worldwide missionaries, there's these little flyers in that side by that box. You can check what you want to do and drop it in the box. If you're at home, you can go online and do that, but we encourage you to be generous and support our missionaries. It's huge. This is how they survive. Uh, Anna lives in Germany. Germany's really expensive, and she's out on the streets all the time ministering uh, on the streets to the ones who have been left out, and so it's just huge. So support them, would you? Okay, amen. I like it. At least Eric's paying attention. Hey, I want to introduce our staff to you this morning. I'm going to do it in alphabetical order um, because they're all important. Um, but if I do it the other way, sometimes I get the look. I don't want the look. I get enough looks, okay? And I'm going to read it just to make sure I don't leave anybody out. Has you ever been put on the spot and like, hey, who is it? And you, like, you look at him like, I have no idea who that is. That happen to anybody else? At least one person, please. Does that happen to anybody else? Gordon, thank you, Gordon. Okay, Gordon and James. Okay. I'm not going to make you stand, but just would you raise your hand? Okay, will that work? Annie Garcia, there she is over there. I was going to say hold your applause, but no, go for it. Do it one more time, Annie Garcia. Our new, one of our newest uh, staff members who's not here today, they, already, they had scheduled a, a weekend away, is Ashley Ashbeck, our new worship leader. So Ashley, maybe watching from home. Brandon Blue in the house. Okay. Oh, 
Oh, you want, want to know what they do too? Well, you're going to hear what some of them do. I'll tell the ones that aren't going to be up on stage. So, so Brandon um, plays piano, but he doesn't, he, he doesn't get paid to do that. But if you watch online, if you watch the videos, if you listen to the uh, podcasts and all that stuff, Brandon's the one that puts all that together and edits it and, and, and makes us sound really good. Or makes us sound okay. If it wasn't for him, we'd be horrible. So he makes us sound phenomenal. He's fantastic. <laughs> Carrie Allen, who is our bookkeeper at the church. James Scott, who's back there running cameras and in charge of the back of the house. Krista Munch, who is um, our youth, and she does everything else around here. So anything that needs to get done, she does it. Okay. Okay. And then Pastor Marcy. Oh. There's like an awkward moment of silence there. Did you feel that? Did it hurt a little bit? Okay, so hey, let's not have any break there. So, Pastor Marcy. Yes, yes, yes. Whew. That made me nervous. <laughs> we have a great staff here, guys. And so I just want to say thank you personally for supporting them. Because um, I, I, I'll just tell you, I'm not going to do this job by myself. I need them. They're amazing. What they bring to us as a church makes us whole. The part of Jesus that they bring and, and the love that they bring for the, the areas that they, they oversee, to me, I'll just tell you, to me it's embarrassing that we can't pay them more, that we can't hire them for more hours. I mean, the big joke around the church is like, I can go work at Taco Time and make more than I make at the church. You guys know that? Right now, our staff works for less than what they can make at taco time right down the street. Um, and that's just like an entry-level job. These are gifted individuals that could be make, making a lot of money, but they are called to do what they do. And so they just say, whatever you can pay, I would love to be able to do that more. And I've t I tell them all the time, I wish we could pay you more. I wish we could, but we can't right now. So... You think I'm joking, but I'm serious. I had somebody tell me this week, man, we just love our church. And what I told them, keep tithing. Because that allows us to be able to have people like this support your family and support you and support our community and what God is doing. And so it's huge. So I'm going to have some of them come up this morning and share. About four of them are going to share with you briefly today. And uh, we're going to start off with our bookkeeper, Carrie Allen. Carrie Allen. Good morning, RCC. Well, obviously, my name is Carrie Allen. <laughs> For those that don't know me, I uh, get the privilege of being your bookkeeper here at RCC. I really think I have the best job and make the rest of the staff look good. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of like the big football game today. You don't really see the people that put the game together, except the stars on the field. Um, I am blessed to get the privilege of working with your council members that represent 
you as the body. Can you please stand? I think we only have one in the house, but Ruth. We have Doug Ellis and we have Bakhtiar and they represented you in 2021. So I publicly want to thank you, Ruth, Doug, and Bakhtiar um, for listening to God and helping us guide our finances, his church, and helping us pray for what's next in 2022. We also get the privilege this morning to vote. Um, If you call this your home, you get to vote. So um, you don't have, there's no class you have to take or anything like that. Um, So I want to introduce you to, I think there's only one in the house, but Andrea Cherry, can you stand up? She's the one in the back. Um, And then Alex Olson, who's not here. And uh, Grace Buck. So we ask that you vote only one time. Um, You can vote. uh, There was an email that was sent out. So you can either vote electronically or we have ballots in the back that you can vote. We ask that you um, vote and you can either stick it in the tithe box or you can hand it to any staff member. We'll take it as well. So um, they will be serving in 2022. As we take time this next hour to look back over 2021 and look forward to 2022, I want to publicly thank you as the body of RCC for listening to God in 2021 and giving to his kingdom. We really are so blessed here at RCC to have opportunities to bless other ministries while still handling our own finances. We got to bless Teen Challenge, Echo Glen, Louisiana, Birthday Dreams, a Memorial Garden, True North Kids, Wildfire, Kids Going to Camp, our missionaries, Northwood School, food banks, and families in the area in need. If you want to know more, I do have financial packets that I can hand out at the end of the service. Um, Otherwise, the real treat of the service, I know, is not me talking numbers, even though I think those are fun. (laughs) It's really hearing from the staff who gets to work with people this money blesses or impacts with hopefully stories they can share about last year. So let me introduce Marcy. Morning. So for the kids, I don't bring this out until the end, but I think for us, we're all adults and we cannot be distracted by the wheel. Good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's like, nope. Um, so my name is Marcy. I'm the children's pastor here. Um, my husband and I started coming here in 2006 um, after we got married in Renton. Um, I started serving in the nursery when my son was born, so 14 years ago. Peyton's 14 now. And um, I volunteered mostly in the nursery and about six years ago, God started speaking to me about serving in children's ministry more and becoming more involved. And so um, about five years ago, I officially became a staff member here, assisting Pam in what she did with the kids. And um, about two and a half years ago, I became a licensed pastor So um, and became the children's pastor here. So that's kind of my history here. Um, so... For 2021, just a quick look back, we only had one big 
event, which was DBS in July, the first part of August, we combined with the youth group to have Wednesday nights here um, for four weeks in a row. And we averaged, between kids and youth, about 40 kids and about 20 adults um, at, for each of the four weeks, which for the size church we are was actually really, really good. And we used the new park over here. We had Nerf and Nacho night. We had um, slides and splits, which was water night. We had um, flip and slides out there and squirt guns. And it was just um, really, really fun. And the best part of it for me, um, not only seeing the kids, they hadn't had an opportunity to really gather and be together and to have fun together in over a year at that point. So just being together and laughing and having fun and shooting Pastor Kevin with the Nerf gun and squirting him with water was the best part for me. But um, <laughs> uh, just seeing them laughing and being together and having fun, just, it was so great. And watching the youth come alongside the kids um, and just lead them and um, show them what it's like to be a follower of Jesus and to actually have a good fun thing was just amazing. So there will be a VBS this summer, and that's my whole plan at this point. So <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> um, also, one thing I added this year, um, and it kind of goes along with uh, what Pastor Kevin read, um, love God and love people. I wanted the kids to be a part of service projects because they love to serve. Their heart for other people outside of themselves is huge. And so I started the Sundays that are the months that have five Sundays. The fifth Sunday, we do a service project, so four times a year. So the first one was in August, and Dana came and talked to us about So Powerful, and we packed purses, and we signed the box that was going to get um, shipped. All the kids signed the box, and it was super fun. They really enjoyed it. And then in October, Cindy came in and told us about Team Challenge, and we packed up bags of uh, like dental hygiene products, and we wrote cards of encouragement. The kids, man, some of them were like, there's you know, 12 cards you have to put there, drawing rainbows and writing verses, and it was so much fun to do that too. Um, and in January, we just finished um, collecting food for the Maple Valley Food Bank. We collected, we weighed it all. It was 260.4 pounds of food that I dropped off there the week before. Um, and they were so appreciative. They had five staff come out and talk to me and help me unload my car that was completely full. So um, the next one is in May, and I believe the plan right now is to put together um, bags for the teachers at Northwood. Um, and Anna's going to help me on that because it's my thing. So she's going to tell me what to do, and the kids and I are going to put the bags together, and we're going to take them over to the teachers at Northwood. So that's the next one coming up. Um, the, the major change this year, some of you, I didn't do a big deal, but um, I changed the name from True North Kids to RCC Kids. And one of the reasons for that, um, I know this is vision. Sunday, but I'm going to share my heart just for a second. I want these kids to feel like they are a part of RCC. They're out in a separate building. Um, they come in here for family worship, but it's always been my heart to have them be a part of what goes on here because they are not the future of the church. They are the church, and I want them to know that, 
that they are valued and just as important as anyone else who's sitting here in this room right now. And so I want to build relationships. Um, Pastor Kevin's word doesn't change, and my word is relationships. I want them to build relationships with each other, um, with all of you guys, but most importantly with Jesus. Um, and so I was here one morning praying about the lesson that I was going to teach, and God just spoke to me and said, go deeper with them. Go deeper with them. Don't just teach the lesson, ask the questions, but really start to build a foundation so that they can know who they are. And these kids, these six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds, they are, I encourage them, ask questions respectfully. Ask questions because if you don't ask the question, you're never going to know the answer. And when you get to be 18, 19, 20, and you go off on your own, you're, you're not going to have a foundation. You're not going to know the answer to that question or even how to ask the question. And so I just want to create a place for them to be safe and build confidence and just be able to learn how to ask the questions. Um, and how we do that in Sunday school is I get up and talk for a few minutes, we watch a video, and then we do either do an object lesson or play a game or both. Um, an object lesson, if you don't know, is like we were talking about the 10 lepers and how only one came back to say thank you. And so I held up an empty Gatorade bottle and um, asked them, how, how can you be thankful for this? I held up a pencil. How can you be, what, what are you thankful for for a pencil? Because I want them to live a life of thankfulness and not just look at these things, but look at them and say, yes, I'm thankful for the pencil because I get to go to school and I get to learn and I get to write and I get to draw. And so I just want to create that thought of how can this extend beyond me right here in this place to how I'm living my life out in the world. Um, and some of the games we play, this is Books of the Bible Wheel. So I want them to know the books of the Bible. Do I want them to memorize a list? Because every Bible I've ever opened has a table of contents in the beginning, right? So we spin the wheel, and I ask them, New Testament or Old Testament? Whoever answers gets a piece of candy chucked at them. Um, so <laughs> Matthew. Matthew's a part of the first four books of the Bible. What are those called? Gospel. What does gospel mean? Good news. What are the other three? And so what's the one that comes after the first four books of the Bible? I want it to be relational. Um, and whenever anyone spins it, the cheers for candy are huge. Even the kids who don't know how to read know how to read this word. <laughs> so when they hit candy, they all get candy. And then I added this one because if we're going to eat candy, we need to take care of our body. So we all get up and do jumping jacks or run to the wall. Um, but I want them to know, I want it to be relational. Um, you know, Isaiah, is he a major prophet or a minor prophet? How many major prophets were there? How many minor prophets were there? Um, questions like that, so that they can actually know the Bible and not just be able to recite a list of books. Um, so one quick thing I wanted to share, we were doing a lesson one day, and I was going to look it up, and I thought, you know what, it's really not that important what we were talking about. But we had one of our games or object lessons was, I think it was about 
So I tie, um, I asked all the kids, like, what are you struggling with? What do you want to be free from? And I had these plastic bands, and I tied it around their arm. And then I asked them what they wanted to be free from. And one girl said, I am starting to believe the things that the bully says about me. And so we all surrounded her, and I had all the kids put their hands out, and I just laid my hands on her and prayed that she would know um, that she was fearfully wonderfully made in the image of God and that she was created to do good works and God has already had that plan for her and that whatever this person, this kid is saying about her is not so true. And then I cut off the hand and it was such a powerful moment. And so that for me, is why I do what I do. Because that girl is going to remember that moment, getting that band cut off when she's going to college or out in the world. And so that's my goal. That's my vision. Um, and I just want to say thank you for all of you for coming alongside me, coming alongside them. Um, they know that you care. I tell them all the time that you care, um, that you're praying for them, you want the best for them. So um, I do need, I'll end with this, in April, a preschool teacher and helper. So if that's something that's on your heart, please, there's a clipboard out there. You can talk to me. That's the only slot I have left to fill for this teaching session. So thank you. And Krista is next. No, if she left the board. I just spin it and make it stop on candy, so it's kind of cool. <laughs> so my name's Kristen Munch. I am one of the leaders in Wildfire, um, and I do not do this by myself. Um, I have three other leaders who help. Um, Dana Buck, who is vacationing in Palm Springs right now. Jordan Miles, who's super awesome. And Marcy just took off. Um, she double duties it. She um, heard from God that she really felt like she wanted to come and help out in wildfire. And I can tell you right now, it is, I'm glad she heard that because it has been nothing but wonderful for me to have another female there. Um, after Libby Miles went back to college, I, I was, I know, right? I was short um, one other uh, female leader. So it's really nice to have Marcy there. And she left, so she doesn't get to hear that. Um, why do I want to be a part of wildfire? Why am I, why do I do this? When I was, uh, that age, in that clueless 16-year-old, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, I went to youth group. And I went to a young life youth group. And I can tell you, the leader, my leader's name was Dan Yegi. And I'm 50 years old, almost. So the fact that I can remember my leader's name from when I was 16 is kind of what I'm trying to say. The point is that he had a huge effect on my life. And that's what I believe that, that we're called to do. Marcy, I just pointed you out just so you know it's being wildfire. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, having an impact on these kids' lives when they're going through all this stuff. I mean, anxiety, um, gosh, COVID right now. We've been meeting online a couple of times because of COVID, because two of our kids got COVID, I got COVID, and we couldn't meet, so we were online. And so that's kind of the thing, the struggles. Peer pressure, I mean, peer pressure. And right now, some of the kids that I talk to say, being a Christian is considered like a bad thing. 
And people make fun of some of the youth because they're Christians. I mean, so that's another reason we get together. We want them to know that being a Christian is not a bad thing. Being a Christian is an amazing thing and that we love them and they love and, and we teach them and say, you should love those people who are saying this kind of stuff to you. Even when they say, hey, you're wrong, you shouldn't be a Christian. What we're trying to teach all these youth is that they can still love all these people. So kind of, kind of the group of kids that are in youth group, just kind of an example. Um, so we went to conferences. We haven't been many lately. I believe we're going to one in March because with COVID we weren't able to go. But um, so we're all worshiping. And I don't know if some of you, when you worship, you raise your hands. And, you're, and so I was deep in worship. I was just worshiping, worshiping. All of a sudden, I got a high five from the kid in front of me and he was like yeah and so that's kind of the kind of the kind of thing you get another thing that we get a lot of when we're teaching when we're doing stuff is hey this is totally off topic but and that's a big one too we get that a lot we're trying to work our connections to these youth i know kevin said connection marcy pointed out as well it is connection for the youth it's connection of being there it's a connection of being on the phone when they call you it 11 o'clock at night to say that, you know, something happened, their boyfriend broke up with them, something's going on. And that's what I want to be there because I know what it was like when that happened, when my boyfriend broke up with me or when something happened. So if we can be a part and to breathe and to speak what Jesus would say or what Jesus would feel whenever that's going through their life and how to handle it in a way that's not the way that everyone would handle it, but the way that you should handle it. Um, we meet... Wednesday night, 6.30 to 8.30, like I said, sometimes online, sometimes in person. Hopefully, if it's not raining Wednesday, we're going to fire up a fire pit on Wednesday, and we're going to have hot dog night. Once a month, we do a food night, food and game night, where we do hamburgers, hot dogs, mac and cheese, pasta. We had a pancake, build-your-own-pancake night one night. So, so once, a, once a month, we do that. And that's a time when they can bring their friends. And they can have other kids come who might not normally come to church. Um, there's several kids who have started coming who wouldn't normally come to church, but whenever they come to one of our game food nights, then they really want to keep coming. We do service projects. Um, we do a lot with birthday dreams. We do help out when he was doing his food prep, we would come help with that. We do so powerful purse nights. But then we also have our fun, and those are Friday nights normally. Those are our Friday night hangouts. And then we also have, um, just go out for ice cream sometimes. I mean, I don't know. Who doesn't love ice cream? I mean, these, this, Sarah, do you love ice cream? See, Sarah loves ice cream. Sarah is, the, I think, the only current youth grouper right now. So everyone say hi to Sarah. She's super awesome. So a lot of our youth, actually, some of our youth are out teaching. So that's kind of what's awesome is we have a couple of girls out teaching right now and so that's really kind of what we're trying to get to do is to be a part of church um, <clears throat> to serve so serving is a big deal with us um, right now we're going through Ephesians and there's a big joke um, Jordan knows uh, whenever Kevin went through Ephesians when he was leading uh, wildfire it took how many years Okay, so four years, four years of high school to get through Ephesians. We are currently going through Ephesians, and we are in, we have, oh gosh, we'll probably be done in April, I believe. So 
we're getting through it. Um, one of the reasons we did Ephesians is we want these children to know their identity. Youth, not children. We want the youth to know their identity and what their identity is and that their identity is in Christ. And that's super important. That's one of the major things that we really want to do. And we take, we take turns. Uh, I'll teach a month. Marcy will teach a month. Jordan will teach a month. Dana will teach a month. And we kind of go through and do that that way, which is really nice that it kind of gets um, a chance for them to kind of get used to a style of teaching because we all have totally different styles of teaching. Um, so where do we go from here? Where does wildfire, what's the vision? Honestly, it's connection. It's being there. It's always being available um, for, for me and the other leaders. We're, we're always a phone call away for these, for these youth. It's really important. And just to educate them. You know, we love to teach them what, what's in this. What, what is in here? What do they need to know that's in here? Well, all of it. But, what you know, we kind of pick on some stuff in there and, and teach them about that. And um, when he was mentioning the verse from Matthew, that's kind of the thing. For me, it's connection, it's education, but honestly, it's love. I mean, if, if I don't love these youth when they come in, what's the point? And for me, that's it. That's I'm going to love every single one of those, those youth. And I'm going to let them know that they are loved. And if they're having issues at home where they're not loved, they can come here and they are loved. 100,000% they are loved. And that's, I mean, to have that for a youth who might go home and be yelled at for something dumb, um, well, what I would consider something dumb, obviously not dumb to them, um, just that they come here and they know they're loved. And we teach them to love each other, too, and to treat each other with respect, which is important. Um, so, yeah, so wildfire, as far as things that we do, just extra yearly. This year we had fireworks stand. It was awesome. We had a great sale. This is our last year to sell, which is a mega bummer. Um, we do uh, auction, which we've not been able to do for a while for COVID, so I'm looking forward to uh, helping lead up our next auction, hopefully next year is my, my goal for that. Um, we're going camping again this year. The kids love it. Super fun. Just a time. We also, but we, we don't, it's not just fun camping time. We also have um, a devotional time around the fire pit. Well, I guess that is still fun. But um, we have devotional time around the fire pit where it also becomes about Jesus and not just about camping and eating, although it is a lot about camping and eating. <laughs> so um, we're going to keep doing those things. Um, if you could, I mean, the main thing I could ask for the body is just to pray. Pray for these youth. Um, pray for relationships that they have and people who are, you know, the peer pressure of being a 16-year-old, 14-year-old. I mean, we're actually going from 11-year-old to 18-year-old. The pressure that you get from, from other kids is amazing. So just pray for them if you could. That's, that's the main thing that I'd like for you. So now um, I am honored to have Annie as the best office mate ever. So here is Annie Garcia. Hi, everybody. I'm Annie, aka Anna Garcia, and I am married to Afiz, working in the booth back there today. And we have two kids, Benjamin and Gabriel. And I work part-time here at the church as a pastoral assistant. And among the many things I get to do, uh, one of them is I get to work with the hosts. And um, our hosts are the people that 
greet you when you walk in the door, that help you find seats, help you figure out where your kids are supposed to go. Um, and our main heart and vision really for the host is to make it easy. <laughs> Honestly, that you, when you walk in the door, that you feel welcomed, uh, that we could kind of help you with all the logistical stuff, like where do your kids go? Or where's the restroom? Things like that, where should I sit? So that you can come in and set all that stuff aside and connect with God and connect with the people around you. And um, my personal story with um, the host and some of the people that we're serving was uh, seven years ago when our youngest son, Gabriel, was born. He was born premature. He was a micro preemie. He was born at 24 weeks, five days, and um, spent the next seven months in the hospital. And during that time and kind of the year following that, um, there was a lot of times where it was really hard for me to come to church. Um, at first, it was because I didn't really want to be vulnerable. <laughs> I was struggling with depression. I was struggling with feelings of failure. And I was having a massive learning curve for learning how to take care of a medically challenged kiddo. And I didn't really want everybody to see my mess. And so that was the beginning. Later, it was physical challenges. Uh, we had a newborn with you know, the car seat and the, the diaper bag. But we also had um, an oxygen tank and a feeding backpack that came along with him. And so we would have to come into church with all this stuff. And I was always slightly afraid that I was going to knock over the oxygen tank in the middle of service. Uh, if anybody has ever done that, it makes a really loud, angry goose sound, and it's kind of terrifying. So I was always afraid that I was going to do that. Um, and the hosts, at the time, the people that worked here, just made everything okay. They would save seats for me and my family and all of our paraphernalia. Uh, they made it okay sometimes to just slip in the back and sit down and cry. And sometimes it was a hug. Sometimes it was just a little squeeze on the arm, give me my space. Um, but they ministered to me and my family, and they made a place for me to come just as I was, all my mess and everything, and to sit down and be refreshed. And that really continues to be our heart for the host, that we would love sincerely, that we would practice hospitality, and that we would help make a great space for you to connect with God. And of course, we are always looking for people <laughs> who share the same heart and vision as us um, to come alongside us and volunteer with us. So if that's you, um, come talk to me. And thank you very much. Now to Kevin. Was anybody timing them? Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> They're not competitive at all. Um, so thank you for sharing. It's awesome. And we can only do this stuff because we come together as, as the body of Christ, right? And would they do this for free? No. I'm going to say no, they won't do it for free. So continue to give um, and continue to honor them. It really is an honor, you know. Like, I actually forget, and I open my desk drawer, and like, oh, there's an envelope in my drawer. I'm thankful for that envelope so I can do what I do and be full time, right? And so it's just, just a, such a huge thing. And you can see the lives are being touched and changed and the connections that's happening is not only just here, 
in this room, but we're being able to connect with our community. And so God is like opening the door. He's opened the door in the past with Northwood, but when COVID hit, I mean, all the schools literally shut down. But now that they, as they begin to open again, now they're, like, they're asking us for help. And so the fact that we were able to help with Thanksgiving and Christmas meals for the families in need discreetly, and um, it was just awesome. And the fact that we're going to be able to bless the teachers, and we're working on some other things with, with some of the volunteer coordinators over there, just to be able to bless the classrooms um, over there is it's just, just going to be a huge thing. Hey, before we go, I want to read some verses to you. So get, you, get into a place where you can listen to some verses. We have a lot more, but it's already a little bit after, so we're going we're gonna to move on. So connecting with God, yes, huge. But then connecting with one another is what we're called to do. We're called to walk with one another um, in the church, as the church. And uh, there's just a bunch of verses that I just want to read to you. And if you want a list, I, I get, we can add and send the list out to you if that's something you, you want. But I just want you to read these passages. This is passages from the, the New Testament that encourage us as we walk with Jesus. And what is our role? So if I'm to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I'm to love people, what does loving people look like? I can have something in my own mind what that looks like, but what does the Bible say? And I'm going to tell you what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there are no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, and we urge you, brothers and sisters, and we warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, and be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. First John 1 says, this is the message we have heard from him, and we declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with, here's the interesting one. It's not we have fellowship with him. If we walk in the light and live in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus. His son purifies us from all our sin. Colossians 3 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Galatians 6, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And Romans 12 says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. And do not be conceited. Hebrews 12.10, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty, from a guilty conscience and from our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards good, towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. What a word for today, right? But be encouraging to one another. And all the more as we see the day approaching. You know, Jesus is coming back. 
and we get ready by being together. My command is this, in John chapter 15, Jesus said, Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay one's life down for one's friends. So thank you for sitting through Vision Sunday today. It is a year of connection. And we are going to be doing things this year that we're going to try to start connecting again. And I know some of us are still nervous. And like I have a mask in my back pocket that I'll put on. Some of us are still nervous about the COVID thing, and I understand that. But we're going to still, we're going to start moving forward. So men, there's a stirring with men right now in our church. And so there's a group of guys that are meeting. Um, so John and Eric will be in the back. They'll hand out some flyers to you guys. Um, just, right now they're doing a connection just online. But we're going to do some lunches and, and just start hanging out together. And uh, I don't know if shooting and stuff is going to happen, but it sounds fun to me. But uh, whatever. Uh, but there are stirrings like we're going to have a trivia night coming up in March, a Sunday night where we're just going to come together and play together for a little bit and be together. So we love, we love when Teen Challenge is in the house. And so uh, you guys come and join us for that. That would be awesome. But God is moving. And so we've been asked for mission trips. Some of the things have been closed in the past, but we've been asked. Um, my phone's been ringing. They're asking our church to come. Would you come and serve and help us? We love your church. And so we're praying about going on mission again this year. So there's a lot of things that are happening. So just continue to pray, would you? Continue to pray. Let's stand together, and we're going to close it out here. So, Lord, as we stand, we stand in your presence. We acknowledge you, Jesus, in our lives. And, Lord, we're thankful for what you're doing. God, thank you for the staff here in this church, whether they were on stage or not this morning. Thank you for providing. Thank you for calling them to serve here. Well, we pray blessings upon each, each individual, but we also pray blessings upon their families, Lord, as we know their families sacrifice as well. Lord, thank you for loving your church. Lord, this is your church. God, this is your idea for us to be here to be a city on a hill, literally. And so, Lord, I just thank you that you're moving here, that you're working here. God, I pray that as you are faithful, Lord, I pray that we as your people would be just like you, that we'd be faithful and we'd be generous to touch the lives of those around us. And we're thankful for all that you're doing in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. God bless you. Enjoy your time together as family today.